Good morning. So our scripture today is in James 3, uh, verses 13 through 18. James 3, 13 through 18. And it says, uh, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done, and the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you can find disorder in every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. That's in James uh, 3, 13, verse 18. Let's, let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you that we can be here together to, to worship and praise you and share with one another and study your word together. And Lord, we uh, lift up some of these prayer needs today. We just pray for Everett as he's in the emergency room. We just pray that they can figure out uh, the infection and, and get it ready and healed up uh, as quickly as possible. Be with Melinda as she takes care of them. And, and Lord, we also pray for, the, for Dave, Pauling, and Tammy and, and just pray for the family and um, the passing of Dave's mother and just pray that with all the arrangements, be with them and the comfort and all that they're going through right now, encourage them. And Lord, we just pray for uh, Sandy's request with this family that just a reunion can take place that they can get in contact with the daughter, and we just uh, leave it in your hands. And Lord, all of us here have uh, prayer needs. We have prayer requests. We just uh, give them to you right now. But Lord, we also thank you that you're, you answer prayer. And Lord, many times we forget to say thank you. And so Lord, this morning we just spend some time right now thanking you for all that you've done for our lives and all that you're doing right now in our lives and all that you're going to be doing in our lives. And we just thank you for that. We we do pray for the Alaska trip that all goes well safe-wise and, and get things accomplished to uh, help the mission up there in Alaska. And Lord, right now as we look into your word, I just pray that uh, our hearts will be open for what you have for us and we just give you all the praise and glory. And this we pray in Jesus' name, amen. So we're continuing in our series in James. So if you have your Bibles and you turn to James chapter 3, and as you're looking that up, we... Uh, have a couple of articles here. Uh, if you want to spell like a champ, read Winster's Dictionary. Now this caught me funny because uh, Dr. Richard Frankenstein is the new medical officer. <laughs> or should we say Frankenstein? There. Now that just makes sense, doesn't it? <laughs> Talk about having a bad day, huh? <laughs> There's a sign-up sheet in the... Uh, <laughs> That was one of the best ones, I thought. That was good. So anyway, that's what we have today. 
So if I see any of you chewing gum, I'm wondering what you're really doing. Uh, <laughs> all right. There's a man, uh, Gene Christ of Niagara Falls, New York, talked about a man that was in her hometown named Neil. And Neil was a very lovable character. He's very kind, but he was also kind of simple-minded. Time after time, people in their town would come up to him and offer him the choice of either a dime or a nickel. He would always take the nickel because it was larger. And this bystander watched this day after day and finally got a little upset over it and went over to him and said, don't let these people fool you anymore. The nickel might be larger, but it's worth half of what the dime is. And this Neil whispered to her, the bystander, and said, I know that. But if I start taking the dimes, they'll quit giving me the choice. And they won't give me any money. He had a lot of wisdom. He knew what was going on. And in difficult times, when we're going through different periods of our lives, we need wisdom that's really from God. Wisdom from heaven. So what is that, how does that wisdom behave? How does it act? How does it operate? Especially if we're in the midst of a trial, how do we know that we are getting God's wisdom? So, we're going to look at James. We're continuing on in this series. And we're in chapter 3. We're going to start with verse 13. Because this is, the Bible shows us how wisdom, how true wisdom acts, especially when we're going through tough times. So that verse 13 says, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. Now remember, James is talking to people who want to be teachers. Verse 1, if you go back to that. He tells them that your words do not demonstrate real wisdom. It's what you do. It's the way you live. It's kind of like the old saying, more is caught than taught. You ever heard that one? Who, who knew that? I just want to see our age group here today, okay? Uh, in other words, uh, your actions speak much more than what you say. Um, what you do speaks louder. But your works is what show people what's going on. And so... If you want to demonstrate true wisdom in the time of trial, the first thing that you've got to realize is you've got to behave yourself. You show how wise you are, not by your good words, but by your works. Prove your wisdom through the way that you live your life. Now in our computers, and the word processors and all of that, they have that font that's called... Times New Roman. How many have ever heard of that? That's the main font on your computer. You can change it to other ones. But we sometimes take that for granted that that's kind of the, the default font. But there's kind of an interesting story of how that came to be. It came to be back in the 1920s. And it began with a complaint. There was an esteemed type designer. His name was Stanley Morrison. 
and he was criticizing the London newspaper. They said that the Times was out of date. They didn't have the type, typographical trends in it. And so the Times asked him to create something that was better. And so this man, Morrison, took up the challenge. He got some expert graphic designers, which that would have been interesting back in the 20s to see what a graphic designer does. And they began conceptualizing what a new typeset would look like. They had two goals in mind. It had to be efficient and it had to be readable. It also had to be economical. But in 1926, the Times tested an early version of this new type set. And after tests and upon proof after proof and all of that, a final design was approved. And that's how we got the new Times, Times New Roman font. Now, how many knew that? How many learned something today? Okay, let's close in prayer. Uh, <laughs> so this man Morrison he went beyond any criticism and he used that criticism for construction of a solution that's what truly wise people do they demonstrate their wisdom through works you see it's easy to criticize in, in, the wrong in times of trial but the truly wise person becomes part of the solution so if you want to demonstrate true wisdom from above, you got to behave yourself, and then you got to not boast about it. So don't boast. Don't brag about how smart you are. Don't promote yourself, especially to the detriment of others. Look at verse 14. It says, But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. Your boast is a lie if all you do is promote yourself, but you're not living it. The Greeks used a word for selfish ambition. And in the New Testament times, they used that word, or that two words, selfish ambition, to describe political offices. Because they saw it as that people campaigned for political office, not because they were interested in serving people, but because they just wanted the power and prestige of the office. Some things never change. 2,000 years later, sometimes that happens in the same way, although we have some good politicians too. There's good Christian people. But... Selfish ambition, they make great promises, but they don't follow through on fulfilling those promises. A lot of times people will say anything you, you want to hear, they'll say it, because somehow it makes them feel good. But their behavior is a different story. So don't be one that has selfish ambition. Don't make promises you can't keep. Don't boast of great things only to dis disappoint those who believed in you. Then let's go to verse 15. It says, This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. So when you use your skills to promote yourself, 
You demonstrate a wisdom that comes from the world. It comes from the flesh. It comes from Satan. That wisdom is not from heaven. And it's very destructive. Go to verse 16. It says, For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. Pride comes before the fall. You've probably heard that before. There's a story. You're going to be tired of stories by the time we get done. There's a story about a frog, an old frog. And he wanted to go south for the winter with the geese. And so it was getting cold. A couple of the geese stopped by to tell him goodbye for the winter. And he says, I just want to go with you. And they said, well, that would be fun, but you don't know how to fly. And so as the frog begged with him and begged with him, they said, you can't fly, you can't go. And he said, okay, I thought of a way. I thought of a way that I can go with you to the south. And so the frog picked up a stick and he told each of the geese to grab the end of the stick, and he hopped on the stick, holding on with his, whatever you call frog legs. Frog legs, yeah. <laughs> it must be rocket science Sunday. That's, uh... So everything was going well as they're flying to the south until they saw a farmer in the field below. And the farmer looks up in the sky and he says, wow, look at that. There's a flying frog there. That's amazing. He's holding on to that stick while those geese are doing it. Who thought of that? Well, when the frog heard who thought of that, he said, well, I did. And he, he fell down. He wanted to get all the credit. Fell to his death. That's a Mongolian forklow, by the way, if you want to know. Nothing good comes from selfish ambition and pride. Another story that we're probably all familiar with has to do with an event that happened in 1986, January 28th. NASA planned to launch the space shuttle Challenger. They were going to fly it from Kennedy Space Center. And the mission included a school teacher named Krista McAuliffe. We probably all remember this, except for you really young ones. But the night before the new launch date, NASA held a long conference call with the engineers. The engineers were from Morton Theokol and the contractor that built the Challenger solid rocket motors, but Alan McDonald was one of the engineers that worked on it. On the day of the launch, it was unusually cold in Florida. That concerned this engineer, McDonald, because he feared that his company's O-rings, the seals in this Challenger's joints, would not operate at that temperature. They hadn't tested it at that cold a temperature. And since these boosters had never been tested below 53 degrees, this engineer recommended that they postpone the launch date until they could do further tests. Well, NASA officials overruled McDonald and they requested that this company sign off on this launch. They postponed it too many times and it's not going to look good. McDonald refused to sign the request. But his boss did. His boss signed off on it. The next morning, McDonald and 
millions of us watched 73 seconds into the launch that it burst into flames. And after the accident, a review showed that the cause of the explosion was the O-rings, something that this engineer had feared that they didn't hold in that cold temperature. So why did NASA go along, go ahead with the launch? This engineer said that NASA felt prey to the oldest and basic sin, which is pride. And here's what happened. They said NASA had become too successful. They had gone a quarter of a century and never lost a single person into space. They had rescued the Apollo 13 when it happened in halfway up the, to the moon. And it seemed like an impossible task when they rescued Apollo 13. So NASA felt that a little O-ring problem was not going to be anything that they couldn't take care of. Their arrogance, in a sense, ended in disaster. The NASA officials thought they knew better than those engineers. Their so-called wisdom was born out of selfish ambition and pride. And it crippled the space program for years. So it is when you and I boast of our wisdom, when you think you know it all, and you ignore the advice of all those people around you, a lot of times you wreak havoc on those people around you. Your family suffers, your coworkers suffer, your church suffers. Anybody else who is in your way many times suffers because of the lack of wisdom that you showed in your life. So don't boast. Instead, you've got to behave with genuine humility. Serve with a genuine desire to help without promoting yourself. That's what James is telling us. Put others before yourself even in times of pain. Look at verse 13 when we looked at that. The main idea was the meekness of wisdom. Talking about a person who doesn't assert himself doesn't promote himself, is not self-seeking. The Greeks used it in a negative way to describe slaves who groveled in the dirt. James, however, uses it in a positive way that says a true believer has a servant's attitude. He puts the needs of others before himself, serves them without the need for recognition. Now let's look at verse 17. It says, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. The wisdom that comes from God is morally pure. It's peace-loving. It's resolving conflicts. It's not picking fights. You ever met somebody who likes to pick fights? They're not much fun to be around. It's a person who's gentle or considerate of others. Open to reason. Open to listen. Do you realize that somebody besides you might have a good idea? It's just a thought. It could have been a Mother's Day message, huh? What, to talk about the fathers and how they... Should have closed when I could have more. <laughs> People who have God's wisdom are teachable. They're open to input from others. 
Furthermore, God's wisdom is full of mercy. It's demonstrating kindness to the poor and to the needy. It's helping people in need. It's impartial. It's not behaving one way on Sunday and behaving totally different throughout the week. God's wisdom is literally not a play actor, okay? We don't wear masks. Don't put a show just to look good. We serve other people just because there's a need. We don't have to have recognition. And many people, when they go through tough times, some of them become really bitter. Others become better. A lot of times it depends on the attitude. Let's go to verse 18. It says, And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Humble people reap a harvest of righteousness and peace. Got another story. A few years ago, NPR ran a story about a father and a son, and it was entitled The American Life. And the episode was titled Know When to Fold Them. And it focused on David Dickerson's return to his Christian family that he had not visited for Ten years or so. He had left for college and hadn't come back till he was 28. And he says, after ten years, he says, I was a very hostile 28-year-old. And he said, I wanted to undermine my father's so-called faith that he had. And so on the show, David says, I had all this ammunition, and I just couldn't wait to use it to my family. And he said, I remember thinking, this is a showdown because me and my dad are at war. We don't agree. Now what's interesting is he says, my dad didn't know this, that I was at war with him. But he says, I was at war with all Christians. And he goes, I was just waiting for an excuse to have a shot to unleash all of my rage. So, when his father, as they got together, his father innocently mentioned some of the mission work that he had been a part of. David said, this is my shot. And he unleashed his fury on his dad. He says, I just rambled on. He said, essentially, while I was doing this, he goes, I know I was assaulting my dad's dream. Talking about how this mission work is crazy, Christianity is crazy, all this stuff was a bad idea. And he goes, I just went on and on and on. And then I, he said, my dad just let me go on and do my own thing. He says, my dad let me go through every round of ammunition that I had. And he didn't argue and he didn't retreat. And then he simply looked at his son and he said, you know what? I'm really proud of everything that you're doing, David. And his son concludes the show by saying, I remember looking at my dad, who I thought that I was going to argue with. Not even that I would probably win the argument, I just wanted to argue. And I figured maybe we would come to some sort of a truce. But he said, I didn't expect to lose, ever, lose completely. Because he says you can't argue with decency. 
You can't argue with goodness. And he says his dad demonstrated the wisdom that comes from above. It was godly wisdom. And it was more powerful than any argument that I could have been in with my dad. Do we want that kind of wisdom? Because you're not going to find it in yourself. You're not going to find it anywhere in the world. That kind of wisdom only comes from God. And in James here, it says that God has offered to give it to us generously and without reproach. Now go back to, if you go back to chapter 1 of James, because we're going through the series of James, so I hope you read through the book of James every week. It'd be good just to read the whole book. It's not that long. But remember what he said in chapter 1, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. So if you want that kind of wisdom that will bring peace and makes everything okay, or makes everything a right, all you have to do is swallow your pride and ask God. Get on your knees before God. Depend on Him to give it to you. Don't boast. Behave. Be humble. And I think it all starts with prayer. There's a song. It's a really old contemporary song that is now in the hymn book. And it's more of a chorus than a hymn. But it says, Make me a servant, humble and meek. Lord, let me lift up those who are weak. And may the prayer of my heart always be, Make me a servant, make me a servant, make me a servant today. And I think that says it really well, of what James is talking about. And so I trust that we can gain wisdom, not from the world, but from God's Word. Because he says, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask, and what? God will give it to us generously. And I don't know about you, but uh, I'm pretty stupid. And uh, I have to depend on God for a lot of stuff. And it's when I get myself in trouble is when I don't depend on God. So if you see me being stupid, you might want to talk to me and say, why don't you go back to prayer and do some things that might help you out. So I'd appreciate that on your part. And be humble about it. We're going to be the wisest people around because we're going to rely on God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, your word is sometimes tough, but it's awful powerful. And Lord, it all comes down to us depending totally on you. And I just pray that each one of us today can do just that. That everything we do, everything that we say, everything that we think, that Lord, we can just put you first in all of it. Because if we can get our thought life and our thinking process in accordance with what you have in your word, the rest of our life will go a little more smoothly. And Lord, I know there's people who are struggling today, people who all sorts of things come up on a daily basis. Lord, I just pray that you'll give them wisdom. And Lord, we just pray for our
church. We pray for our community today that we can reach out and just truly be wise in how we spread the gospel. But Lord, that people will see the way that we live and not just hear what we say. So Lord, let us be living examples for you in every part of our life. And again, we just thank you for this time together. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.